Hello, I'm Michael. And I'm David, and we're the Stingy Bomb Boys. Is that it, David? I'll come clean. I spent the day throwing shade on you in my head because I thought you were writing the script and hadn't sent it through. Okay, so we've got no pithy jokes, witty puns of innuendo. Uh, no. David, people will stop listening. You could have used chat GBT again. Well, yes, but when I realised it was my turn, then we were making dinner and I was really hungry. What are you doing? I'm messaging Jan and asking her to come back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's Botanical Week! Oh, hello there, dearies! Hello there, Michael! Hello! Do you know, someone said... They couldn't tell when each one of us was speaking. That's a bit strange. When I do a Scottish accent, I sound exactly like you because you're Scottish. Absolutely. Obviously. And maybe it's because I speak all the time and you'd barely get a word in Edgeways. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Do you know what? I love the idea they're doing Botanical Week. I do. I'm quite annoyed with Dan because there would have been a perfect punny title if he did a Dan D. Lion and made like a lion. Yes. Wouldn't that have been good? I didn't even think of that. Did you notice that Prue had dressed like Google Maps on dark mode? <laughs> Yes. I wrote that down at the very beginning. And yes. then you said to me, you're giggling at something. And I was like, yes, because I've been very funny. <laughs> that was really good. I like the fact that you said it was also really bright because you said it was hot. It's bright in the tent. Mm. And then you turned, it was so bright that you turned the saturation down on your TV. <laughs> I did. It was quite a lot. Right. The signature this week was 12 spiced buns in two hours and 45 minutes. And Paul said he wanted spiced sticky buns, which would have been the name for this podcast if it was me and Priya or me and Anthony or me yeah. and any other brown person. <laughs> well, to be fair, I did put spices in every single bake I could on Bake Off. I thought it was quite a good challenge. I would say potentially not all of the bakers met the brief because they weren't all very spiced. But like as a challenge, a good amount of time, nice broad spectrum of bakes that you could have been doing. Yeah, and they did look delicious. They did. I like it when you have a bake where there's a week where every single one of them is like, I would eat that, I would eat that with a cup of tea, I would eat that with a cup of coffee. Like, they were really good. Who was your favourite? Ooh, I... See, I wasn't sure about Tasha's when she started making them. The Yuletide buns, they were the cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves and mulled wine ones. I wasn't certain when she was kind of talking about them, wasn't sure about them. And then when I saw them, I was like, oh, that does look delicious i can't quite picture the flavor of mulled wine icing yeah because did, did she actually just use the flavors or did she use mulled wine that had been reduced down because the alcohol would be a bit sharp yeah there was mulled wine in both the bake and in the icing which um, works in the bake because of like you have the alcohol yeasty flavor in bread anyway yeah i can't imagine it in the icing but it did look good it looked good i mean in judging prue said if anything they're a bit big which is not a complaint i'd often had they tasted good good flavors good textures Paul said, and I quote, she'd created something that is really pleasant in the mouth, which is like me when I've eaten pineapple. 
<laughs> a niche joke there. Don't Google it if you don't know. No, do not Google that one. So usually we always say who's your favorite. Who's your worst? So I didn't dislike any of them, if I'm honest. I thought it was an interesting choice from Dana to do a plain dough in a spiced bun challenge. Yeah, Because um, then you're relying a lot on your filling and on your toppings. Although the flavours to me sounded like some of the best flavours. It was cardamom, pistachio and orange with rose petals. It's just hard because with the bun, that's like when that's fragrantly spiced, you can actually smell it. Right. When you're putting it all just in the sticky syrupy bits, mm. it kind of gets lost. If you put those flavours into the dough, I think I would have been all for it that's that's delicious to me although i'm not about a nutty bun normally no i'm not about a nutty bun i'm not so about much. nuts in any of my bakes actually oh i do like it i like it in other things not in a bun because i want the bun to be soft and you can have like bits of fruit do you like nuts in cakes yeah like oh, walnuts. i can't be doing you with just that. told me that you put walnuts in carrot cake it's your best carrot cake ground walnuts thank you i don't want to be biting on a texture ah. of nuts it's the texture of nuts that's my problem well it's because they go a bit soft they stop being crunchy indeed uh Dan, sorry, I, I was laughing about nuts. I know, I could see. <laughs> it's just because you were smirking at Alex, that's why. Whenever I make like a comment, he just kind of looks at me. <laughs> I can't see Alex, I've got my back to it. Probably him. for the best. Um, <laughs> I love Dan's because I adore saffron. Yes, lemon, orange, saffron, and star anise, and something else. Do you think that figs, when they're cut and sliced, they look a bit like prolapsed bum holes? I love figs, Michael. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> You're welcome. And Not to all your international listeners, never eat a prolapse bum hole again. Or do you? That's oh, your thing. But also, now you say that, the, the texture, like the seedy bits, it kind of would also look a bit like herpes or something. Or like a hemorrhoidy prolapse bum hole. Yeah, lots of little tiny hemorrhoids. Yeah. Um, he was having problems when he was rolling it out because he said it was always thinner at one end. It's so annoying. And I think actually thinner at one end is better. It's be- having had experience of ones when they're, when they're not thinner at the end, I think it's it's much better to kind of taper i would say you don't want a cob no you don't you don't want to cob. You don't want a cob. uh his were a bit uneven like it was kind of a strange one because if you practice this one it didn't like he's obviously not made many cinnamon buns in the past because that is quite an easy technique to do yeah and they didn't look very even yeah i think the best technique for this one would be to use like a muffin tray because then yes you have to deal with the muffin top of it all and make sure it's not kind of bulging too much but it gives a sense of uniformity and you can kind of see it a lot easier what's bigger and what's smaller. It's very hard with bread to get things perfectly uniform because you just don't know if something's going to inflate a little bit and yeah. get a bit big. Uh, so like you say, if you're doing a muffin tin, you're a bit safer. Also, I quite like those ones because you get a lot of the sticky, crusty bit around the edge. Oh, I love that. I was a bit confused by the Saku situation because she was making Swedish cinnamon buns with cardamom and they were making a kind of whole thing about how she was infusing cardamom, which is like Sri Lankan flavours, with Swedish flavours, which are cinnamon. Except Swedish cardamom and babula are cardamom buns like yeah. it's not like an un like they use that quite a lot like what she was doing was brilliant no complaints great flavor great buns but it wasn't unusual it was yet again another time when they were like oh never heard of that before and i mean it wasn't unusual in the slightest no they looked really good though as well um matty i didn't actually write down what his he um, did the hot cross buns oh yes he was the one where prue said she didn't want to be responsible for a lack of rice which is normally <laughs> my job <laughs> Oh. I'm often responsible for that, sadly. <laughs> Here's also, he'd had problems in bread week with things being unapproved. He obviously doesn't quite understand bread because then he was talking about, oh, I need to leave it in longer to prove. But that was the first prove. It's about 
the second proof. Once you've shaped them, he then didn't let that prove long enough. So therefore they were dense. But then also you, you walk in that tent and you forget everything you've learned in your entire life. We didn't do shoe, did we? We didn't do shoe. Did we do shoe? No, we're like the souffle beignets. That's shoe Oh, the panic attack ones. Thanks for bringing that yeah. up. That's great. <laughs> well, uh, I, I did worse. That's who, fine. Who was your... You did actually. Yeah, I literally had two panic attacks and presented something terrible. And you you came last. <laughs> I mean, I started throwing mine around the tent. Um, who was your favourite? I think my favourite actually was Saku's. I think they were a bit harsh yeah. on hers. I think they looked really neat as well. But like you were saying, she did the knotted technique. I think because knowing that that's actually quite a hard one to do and make it look perfect. Hers looked pretty good. Yeah, completely agree. So I think at the bottom of that, it kind of was Dana. And then she said at the end of it, right, all I've got to do is smash it out in the technical. As if it was that easy, Dana. Well, talking of easy, the technical was... The technical was a lemon and thyme drizzle cake in one and a half hours. Alex just made a very inappropriate joke with the word drizzle and he replaced the D and the R with another letter, but we're not going to continue with that. We're not going to go with that. Um, This is the exact cake, and I mean literally in the same tin, that Rosie made in our year's dairy cake uh, signature. signature. She made a lemon and basil one, but they just changed basil with time. So Prue's words of wisdom were, be bold with the botanicals. Which actually... Go to hear my word of wisdom, please. Oh, what's yours? I, I wrote this one down today. I thought about it earlier. Never put off tomorrow what you can do the day after tomorrow just as well. Oh, that's good. Mine would be don't fart in white trousers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently wearing white trousers. Uh, oh, no. That's my sofa. Um, have, anyway, I'm not farting. It's a very simple challenge. It's basically what we were saying. But Prue's thing was actually quite good because the only thing of it was they didn't know how much time to put in. Yeah, there were only six instructions on the list, which is fine because it's a fairly straightforward challenge. I mean, a drizzle cake is pretty much a normal pound cake recipe. I have to be honest, I was a little bit like, right, okay, come on, let's get through this now. I think they thought that because they were using a bunt tin, which wasn't a particularly complicated, like an intricate design. Beautiful one though. Yeah, it was. I think they thought maybe that would cause some problems, and but they all looped them pretty well. And yeah. And they didn't really have any problems with that. Some would say it was the same time after time. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank Isn't that you. good? I can guarantee at least one person in the world laughed at that, and I'm going to take that as a win. Where? Which country were they in? It'll be me listening they speak to it English? on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the best bit of the whole challenge actually was when Noel, so I, when people ask what, what Noel's like, I always say he's actually more naughty than you ever see in the tent. Oh, like, the producers get mad with him. They hold his hand and guide him around the tent. Yeah, they're always they trying can't... to, and when he's in front of the camera, they're always trying to get his attention to bring him back out again. And this week he threw a ball, no, a lemon, he threw a lemon and smashed a jar. <laughs> you can just tell the art designers were fuming. He's an absolute liability in the best possible way. They, ca- they carry him around by the hand and give him to a baker, then take him back by the hand so he doesn't wander off. Absolutely brilliant. Josh said when he was unmolding his, that the worst thing would be for it not to come out when you're concerned do you think it's best to leave it in or take it out out really do you want to see the damage <laughs> always out uh, sometimes i'm like do you know what just leave it in and we'll just we'll, both, we'll close our eyes and just hope for the best but when would you take it out maybe never <laughs> <laughs> right we're at the stage of the competition where we can do all of them so seventh was ta- do all of them <laughs> you okay. might have to ask first <laughs> uh, seventh was tasha sixth was dana fifth was saku fourth was matty third was dan second was josh and number one was christy yes. who basically won the signature as well she'd smashed it up until this point and then both of us settled in being like right ad break time and then they just kept going to the judging which meant we both looked at each other and we were like the showstopper is going to be big <laughs> Because they'd basically Ooh. crammed together maybe five minutes more into that segment so that they could spare more time for 
me to have heart palpitations. And, and can we say the signature and the technical were pretty gentle, weren't they? They were fairly gentle. There wasn't much going on. The showstopper. Oh, God. Well, they got to do... A, I mean, first of all, it was actually a really good challenge. A Brilliant. floral dessert, which was any dessert they could choose, but it had to have a significant baked element and they had four and a half hours. And just before we start with this section, I'm not going to talk about Genoese. It happened a lot. If you would like me to talk about Genoese, you can you listen to any of the previous 60 episodes we've done of this podcast. Do you think there will be an episode where you don't talk about it at all? Well, the sweet one doesn't come up. Next week, you're not even here. <laughs> um, Spoilers, David. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Whose was bad? No. Whose did you like? Who did you like the sound of before they started making it? Before they started making it. I think the flavours from Matty's were the ones that I was interested in. So blackberry and elderflower with some kind of lemons in that as well. That's quite sharp. And I've not really got a sweet tooth. So for a dessert, I like a bit of sharpness with the sweetness. So that was one of the first ones that I really liked the sound of, as well as Saku's. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like that sounded really good with the crumbly ginger base, like a cheesecake with Earl Grey and hibiscus again, the sharpness. Yeah. So yeah, they were the two I thought. Who were you worried about when you saw the designs, the Tom Hovey designs? Which ones were you concerned about? I was most concerned about Dana's. Yeah. Who I have to say, looks wise, she did actually smash it. Yeah. Uh, but I was concerned about her because she was doing rose. But then they said she was doing rose and everyone on Bake Off always puts too much rose in. But then they were saying she was doing rose and coconut. And I thought those actually together quite fragrant would be really good. I also wrote that she did a shite chalk mousse. I think it's meant to be white. <laughs> she, she did do a shite chalk mousse. <laughs> When it came to the judging. the uh, I mean, the sugar work box was pretty impressive. I mean, it's never going to taste nice. Um, and it's quite hard to do because if you ruin one pane, the whole thing's gone. I wonder if she asked production for all those dried, beautifully pressed flowers yes, or whether she pressed true. them from the other That's box. a really good, like, and not to undermine her skills, because obviously she constructed a box there, which is challenging. But it's actually something you can do at home. Like if you put pressed flowers into a mold and pour chocolate over it or pour isomalt over it, it will look great. And it did look great. I mean, the thing. Flowers, floral things are very are a very easy way of making bakes look great. Yeah, absolutely. There was a bit of a Maysam school of wrong implements being used by Saku. Ooh. She was using what looked like a metal butt plug to push down her uh, ginger <laughs> biscuit base. <laughs> what looked like? I mean, it could well have been. I mean, I couldn't tell you it wasn't. It was very big. It was it, it was bulbous but flared, which is important. Um... <laughs> Tasha, my yes. goodness. Well, first of all, you can take this a little bit. We had a delightful moment where she, because Tasha lost her hearing later on in life so she can speak. Yeah. But at this point, she didn't want to. She chose to sign because she said it was going to be hard to pronounce some of the words. Which makes complete sense. I mean, I don't like to pronounce some words and they're very simple words. I got really like buzzing about it. I thought it was so exciting seeing her signing as normal and it being captioned. I just thought it was really brilliant, a really nice reminder that actually it's a lot harder for people who aren't hearing to access television all of the time and we yeah. just take that for granted and it was really nice kind of seeing everyone else kind of on the other side of that and responding so brilliantly to it i just thought it was i, I just got so buzzing about it and i thought there's gonna be so many people watching this who feel so represented by this I had gushed about it for a long time and you were like, we have to watch the episode, please be quiet. <laughs> but I agree, it was really, really good. Mm. The one thing and then I was worried about is the fact that it turned out when she was explaining things that she was doing 10, 10 layers. layers. That's just the layers. She was then also doing things around the edge and things on top, like, but she wasn't lot. just doing 10 layers. She was doing at least a couple of those layers twice because she dropped one of her layers on the floor <laughs> yeah. um, and she was like, oh, it's fine, I've got a second one. I would yeah. never have thought of doing a second one in the time. She really smashed it. And she puts a towel in a really good place. I've never seen, you know when you attach your <laughs> Where towel? Where does she put it then? Well, she tucks it inside her apron in the top bit instead of tucking it around. A bit the... like stuffing socks in your bra. 
Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really brilliant. Prue said, if you pull it off, it will be fantastic. And I've said that at the end of a date before as well. And Paul said, it's massive if you can fit all this in your mouth. And fortunately, I have a big mouth. Oh, well, we've all learned something, haven't we? Something you might have learned in a supermarket car park when you were younger. Um, <laughs> don't know where that came from. <laughs> she did really well, though. It came off really well. She got an assist from Josh. We saw a bake-off assist, which we always love to see. Looked great. Tasted delicious. She absolutely smashed that challenge. Even with Tasha, who did smash it, there was a lot of people were having elements where they were dropping things. Mm. Where you were worried about a molding, where there was like sloppy bits and jellies. I love the way Saku transferred her jelly onto top of her dessert. She just slapped it on. A big plop, wasn't it? But there was one person who was really struggling. Yeah, I really, really felt for Christy. Um, having been in that tent in the same spiraling mindset when everything you see everything going wrong and like you don't know how to fix it and you can't work out what to do i think i could see her getting into her head i could see why she was getting upset and i thought it was just i was heartbroken for her she probably also had the element of it right at the start when she said she was doing a white chocolate ganache into a very intricate mold mm. it's going to be hard to unmold anyway yeah. but she obviously managed it at home but the thing must be going into her head the fact that paul commented right at the start saying really that's going yeah. to be really difficult to do so when it goes wrong it's kind of that thing of thinking Oh, they told me that was going to be difficult. And the worst part about it is when it goes wrong, there's a camera on you. And normally when you're filming and you're and you're making your recipes and stuff like that, people the producer's kind of talking to you as you go. When something goes wrong, they go silent because they're catching the footage, which is their job. That's how it is. But then you're just like, shit, I am completely on my own here, being filmed to be broadcast across the world. What am I doing? And like, I think probably in Chrissy's mind as well was she was doing one of the arguably simplest bakes in the tent. Like there were only kind of three or four elements to it. Not that it's easy, but she was doing a simple bake, which had to kind of be pulled off perfectly, um, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, there's not very much room to hide, especially when the thing she was unmolding was the thing she was presenting to them. And just watching her get more and more worked up was... I, I just really empathize with it. That's happened to me. I've been in that situation. And I know there's going to be people on the internet who are being really cruel and being like, oh, just turning on the waterworks, et cetera, et cetera. It's, that's not true. She's not thinking. She's not thinking. In that no. moment, she's not going, oh, I wonder what Twitter will think. My thing that I was thinking in my head was more the fact of, Christy, you could throw it on the floor. You did so well in the signature yeah, of the technical. She would have been absolutely <laughs> fine. And actually, it, it, it came off really well. Like she managed to go outside, calm herself down, come back in again and sort herself out. I love that Alison started stirring the bowls for her and sorting it all out. <laughs> I think it was really I mean, good that she went away, breathed a bit and then came back. I can't imagine Alison sorted them all out. I love it when the presenters start like mixing them all. Yeah. They think, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once Noel asked if you could help me while I went to a toilet break and I was like, no, I'm going to get Henry to do that actually. Thank you so much for your offer. The problem with Christy where it came to judging um, was basically the second one worked well. I mean, it was a bit thick because she just kind of slapped it on, which is what you're doing at that point, um, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she had basically when she was reconstructing it, she just piled it all back in without as much care as she'd done previously. So when it came to the judging, the flavors were right, the textures were right. It was just a bit messy inside. The layers had kind of gone because she just slapped it all in. And even the textures are affected because if you're moving around like mousses and jellies and things, it does wreck the texture slightly. Yeah. So anyway, there was three people that they said were in danger, Saku, Dana and Matty. Yeah. Out of those, just from watching it, which one of those did you think was in most danger? I didn't agree that Saku was in the bottom. I think they were just trying to make could think she was i'm hopeful for a week seven elite entry from saku so you hope she's going to go next week that's nice of you <laughs> that's not what i meant don't you twist my words i thought i thought it might be matty actually because i think 
Dana had really pushed herself in the showstopper. I can understand why she went and I'm not negging on Matty. Like, I think he's a brilliant baker and he's done really well. I just think the showstopper construction of it, both with the box and without it, I thought perhaps she saved herself. But the textures, I think, were the ones that kind of killed her off there. I think it was very, very equal. And maybe it was the fact that she was still struggling with things that she struggled with on previous weeks. She wasn't showing the growth in those areas mm. because she's done really well with how things mm. look and like really creative ideas. She's sometimes not quite delivered on flavors and textures. It was perfect this week. So remember the other week when I said she had like a fan in front of her when she was like being filmed. <laughs> yes. She actually had one. So her hair was wafting. I mean, her hair looks it, it was so good. very Beyonce. We haven't spoken about Josh very much this week because he was pretty steady, I think, throughout the whole the whole episode. He had a really strong episode. It was kind of between him and Christy. And then when Christy fell off the off the wagon at the end, it kind of became Josh. But I think a, a really solid week for him to be proud of. Yep, his nan will be proud as well. So Josh was Starbaker and who went home? Dana. Imagine that. Imagine going out on a week where the judges have no skills in what they're judging. I mean, Mexican week, Japanese week, German week, 2019's festival week, which was week <laughs> seven, actually, that one. No, Michael, you went at home because you couldn't bake a Kek Lapis Sarawak. Oh, so Paul's especially judged from Malaysia now, is he? Uh, well, moving on. Talking about judging, let's get on to the taste test and arbitrarily send someone to jail. Right. Okay, so this week it comes from Kate, who says she loves to eat the flavoured packets of instant oatmeal straight from the packet. No, oh, he said straight, so I'm not sure I'm going to like this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Are your buns drying out? I beg your pardon? I mean, could your buns be kept stickier? The eternal question. I suppose the answer is yes. Well, I'm here to help. I thought you were married. Behave. If you'd like extra helpings of Sticky Bun Boys each and every week, all you have to do is join our OnlyFans. Each week you get an ad-free version of our podcast as well as bonus bits including recipes and access to our own little community of soggy bottoms. And all it costs is the price of a coffee each month. Check us out at patreon.com forward stroke Sticky Bun Boys exclamation mark. Do you remember on, like, during the pandemic, or maybe it was before the pandemic? It wasn't that long ago. I do remember the pandemic. Well, you, you are getting older these days, so I want to just double check. Um, but the, the cinnamon challenge, where people had to, like, take a spoonful <laughs> of cinnamon, put it in their mouth, and try and swallow it, and they basically went, like, and yeah. it all came out. That's what I'm picturing with oatmeal. Yes, because otherwise you'd have to put a spoon in your mouth and then leave it sitting for about 10 minutes till it turns to porridge before swallowing. But it's barely even the things often sit in your mouth for 10 minutes before you swallow them. No. No? A lot quicker? No, spit. Oh, sure. (laughs) But oatmeal, it's not just oatmeal, the instant ones. It's got like, it's got like dried milk. Yeah, and and the oatmeal is very powdery on the instant packets. Yeah, I mean, Kate, do you know what? I love an instant oatmeal, but it has to be with milk and all that stuff. Kate, you're going straight to jail. Or gay to jail, whichever she chooses. Okay, we've actually got a correction in the inbox this week, which has come from Javier. I say this week, we don't look at it in in time order because we aren't that professional. Um, But Javier says, on the last podcast, both of you thought that a person out for a show, I think for a week, had never won Bake Off. I think we did say that. Yes, you said Um, it, I think. Uh, all right for the end of the bus <laughs> javier says john Waite did in series three week six which is interesting considering we literally just finished watching that season oh that was when he cut his hand and it's all the blood filling yeah, his glove but it's not just happened then javier's listed them helpfully just to shame oh. me a little bit more so in week th- in series three week six john injured his finger and had to leave in series five week six judges couldn't agree and they had eliminated someone the week before after someone had withdrawn. So basically they had to make up for being a baker short and didn't eliminate anyone that year. We'll get to that maybe in next year. Series 9, week 4, Terry was ill. Do you remember that? That was the year before oh, us. Yeah. Series 13, week 3, Abdul and Rebs were ill. And then in season 14, week 4, Tash became unwell during the episodes. People, people have missed episodes quite a lot. But I will say I was only wrong once because John won. Yeah, you, your point was about winning. It wasn't about whether you can keep on going. But it's a winning. good point, though, because essentially what happened to John Waite was that he completed or tried to complete the first challenge and injured himself so had to go home. And that's essentially the same as Tasha, except yeah. she got one challenge further, I exactly. think. Exactly, she completed the signature. And so then, Tasha yeah. could still win. I'm going to keep my top three intact for the moment. Um, second question, which you haven't read, and I'm going to put you on the spot for, and I want an instant response. This is from Kelly. Have any bakers been known as hard to handle or unlikable? <laughs> oh, oh, me? Yes. No. <laughs> um, there definitely have been. Who from whose point of, from whose point of view? Yours? The, oh, from my point of view. No, I love everybody. <laughs> um, productions. From production's point of view, there are some people that are hard to handle. There's some people that are a little bit childish. And I don't mean that in like, I'm being harsh. Like, saying it, like they actually are a little bit childish. Mm. Like when they get the excitement of Bake Off and getting to the tent, they kind of stop following the rules. Like we're given rules that like you're not meant to take photos at certain times. Mm. You're not meant to speak at certain times. Uh, so some people probably do that, which annoys them. They're definitely, I mean, production have their favorites and there's people they don't particularly like. I think unlikable is perhaps a strong word. I think there's only a couple of people that I think in the Bake Off canon are known as being a bit tricky but overall everyone kind of likes each other and gets on with each other and everyone kind of understands the pressures that you're under and perhaps you might not actually act in the way that you would expect yourself to act when you're like under pressure yeah and the production crew 
most people get on very, very well with the production crew. What's nice about Bake Off is the production crew are like a real family. Like they come back yeah. every single year. Whereas a lot of the time with TV, you're just getting these jobs. Uh, you get them last minute. Whereas Bake Off, they book them from the year before. So it's the same team each time. We're also quite difficult to ask this question to because I think our year was a little bit exceptional in many ways. <laughs> but I mean more in the way that we were all genuinely friends. Yeah. So I think they hadn't had a series before where all 13 of us had gelled. I think that was different for us. So we all kind of had a bit of a group together. Whereas other groups, I think other years, I think they've had kind of more, not cliques, but people have kind of drawn themselves to each other a bit more in different ways. The next question is from Ross. They've started the email with, hey, Boisies. So we're going to quickly address the phrase Boisies. How do we feel about that? Boisies. I'm going to give it a solid five out of 10. I prefer other terms. Of Depends endearment. which accent. Give it a different accent for me. Uh, hey, Boisies. Oh, no, a different one. Uh, Hey, voices. Yes, like that, that wasn't one. an accent. It was just a different voice. Sounds like a bit like a cartoon <laughs> dog. <laughs> I did like that one. Or if you did a London accent, I can't ask you. Hi, boysies. That's is not that. A, that's can not you do one accent. from New York? Could... Hey, boysies. Didn't like that either. What I'm about gonna... Alison? Do an Alison accent. Hi, boysies. Okay, so we're undecided on the term boysies. Is what we've got to there. They said they love the podcast and they've got a question for us, which, I mean, they could just ask a question, but sure. How long did they spend filming the at-home segment that's on screen for literally five seconds? And that's interesting because this year, there's barely been any. They've really dialed back on the backstory stuff. Like, it normally is in episodes one, two, and three. And by episode two, it's pretty much gone. Yeah, and the answer is, it's been a long time doing yeah, that. Yeah, I had a full day. No, a day and a half. Mine, I, it's so weird as well, the amount of effort they put in. Yeah. For mine, they wanted to think something with my twin brother. So we, I had to bake something with my twin brother and his family. But we had to borrow someone else's house because their house wasn't appropriate. All of this stuff. It took, honestly, for ages. We were pretending this dog was our dog. <laughs> then, right at the end, I was like... Where was oh. that albino snake that you had? Shh. <laughs> uh, anyway, right at the end then, I was like, oh, there's a trampoline in the garden. So I wanted to go on the trampoline. They filmed it, and then the only bit they put in was mm. me falling off the trampoline. So they filmed me in lots of various different places. Uh, I think they basically f tried to film you in a couple of places of work, with family or with friends, so that when they're doing the voiceover being like, David likes to bake with family, they know which bits they can slot in. Um, but I filmed where I lived in Stratford-upon-Avon, and then they flew me to Scotland for a day during my practice time to film with my parents because they wanted the family stuff. And we were in the house and we walked past the dining room. Yes, thank you, middle class. And um, my, they noticed the piano like, and my mum plays cello and my dad used to play violin. And they noticed it all on the side in that room. You know what's coming. I was foaming about this. <laughs> um, and so mum was buzzing and she was really excited. And she was like, oh, Michael used to play the piano. And I was like, oh no, oh no. And I had a premonition. It was like, that's so raven they zoomed into my eyeball and i saw the future and i was like no 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 we'll go into a different room anywhere else we'll just go anywhere else and um and mum was like no 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 like, come in and show them and i was like oh god and so i went in and, um, and then then the producer was like oh why don't you all play something together <laughs> And we don't have any music that we could play as a family because we don't do that. And so we all like were warming up and then just like played a couple of chords or whatever. And I saw the producer just like with glee in the corner and I was like, oh, hell, 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 hell. And then they used it on the episode in front of in front of the fucking world it's now on netflix for posterity and they used the bit when we were warming up and it was like michael likes to pl play piano with his family and you're all playing a different tune. and all you can it's hear is brilliant. like <laughs> it was mortifying <laughs> my mum is a professional musician <laughs> so probably more mortifying for her, to her be honest. Well, it's her fault and i know she listens <laughs> well the thing is we were probably the last year where they actually kind of 
deliberately humiliate you, which is so good. I love it. <laughs> when like, Priya, Priya filmed an entire hour's worth of working out in a gym and they used the shot from the very end when she couldn't do a setup anymore because she was too tired. <laughs> oh, when there's Terry on his horse and Terry's like, come on. And then they just wait seconds and then zoom out. Like, come on. The horse just doesn't move. Oh, here's an interesting tidbit. Oh, God, we're spilling lots of tea today. Alice, because Alice was a very last minute alternate. She found out she was on our season the day before we started filming. Like, it was wild. We all met the night before in the hotel, but she met us in the tent because she was only, she only just found out. So they had no backstory filming for her. So she had to film her backstory filming between week one and week two. On oh, her days, yes. on her days of work and practice. I'd forgotten. So about if you that. watch her backstory filming, she's a teacher, and you see her going into her classroom, and she's teaching the children about eroding using a cake, um, and they're all eating with their spoons. She's made angel cake slices because that was the first thing she could think of because she'd made it in the technical in week one. Look at you! I didn't even know this information. Look at that. We've got some more questions. So I'm going to try go quite quickly. Next one's from someone called My Cool Hand. Do you have a cool hand? Ooh, no. Which hand would you say was your coolest hand? left you looked at the both just to check left. do you use your left hand more yeah sure great which is weird because i'm right-handed i mean it feels like someone else's hand i suppose so they've asked who pitched the sticky bun boys idea first and was it the original name so it wasn't the original name we were called the soggy bottom club we were and why why aren't we called that anymore david <sighs> well suppose it was a copyright issue so we were told we had to change it unless it's just a copyright launched... issue but if you look into the copyrights potentially you might come out with a different <laughs> yes well it wasn't legally a copyright issue um <laughs> But where did we, we asked all of our listeners, actually, this listener obviously wasn't listening then, um, <laughs> for ideas. And we got so many yeah, ideas. It was between Sticky Bun Boys and the Poofers in the Pudding, which I still stand by as being a very good idea for some merchandise. Very, very like good. A good yeah. tea towel with the Poofers in the Pudding. But where did the Sticky Bun Boys come from? The, the concept of us doing a podcast together. No, that actual name. Was that one of the public? I think that was actually one of us. I wanted to call it Bun Boys. And because you famously say bum all the time rather than bun. Yes. Um, I, it wasn't even producer Alex. It was Chief Leanne. Uh, Leanne is Alex's boss. And uh, Leanne came up with, I think, with the word sticky to put on top of it to make it less um, like a slur. Um, <laughs> shall we move on to your little section that you invented last week? Well, yeah, because actually there's been, I've got three this week. Only one of them's mine. Two of them have been written in. So you can write in for the, is it rude to, and get Professor Michael to tell us if it's rude or not. Okay, let's get a sting to play for the first. Are you ready? We're going to use this sting every single week. Oh, okay. Sting for your first, is it rude to? Is it rude to? Do a floating poo. It is, yes, especially if you don't flush it in Michael Chakraverty's house. That was, as you can tell, one of the listeners. They wrote that in. I can't believe that's been brought up again. <laughs> Which one of you did a shit? <laughs> I was embarrassed enough last week. Thank you very much, listeners. Well, it was fucking one is disgusting. Disgusting. If you don't know that reference, American listeners, please Google. What is it? I don't She's like, it. I'm going to sing Cher Lloyd by Cher Lloyd. And then her mum comes in and shouts her for doing a poo. That's <laughs> one of my favourite ones ever. Right. Anyway, next one. Sting. Is it rude to not wash your feet in the shower? Oh, I don't think I, I don't think I actually wash the unders, actively wash the underside <laughs> of my feet. Oh, but even do you wash the top side of your feet? Well, there's water falling on that. So yes. Yeah, well, there's water underneath it as well. It's, it's not dry when you're standing <laughs> on the back. I, I create a vacuum. It's like... <laughs> this is... I find this interesting because I would never think about washing my feet unless you obviously have muddy feet. So I had a, a conversation with my friends because I think we spoke about washing your bum in the shower a long time ago in the podcast. We speak about so much. And I was like, I spoke to one of my straight friends about it. And it is relevant, I think, because I think gays are much more hygienic, apart from you, about washing legs. Do you wash your legs in the shower, Alex? 
He doesn't. So <laughs> I don't wash my legs in the shower. Of course, well, you barely wash. You barely shower. You, nothing you, below genitals. What's the point? Like the water washes down, and the soap in that water. No, it just you need to scrub. So I will scrub, scrub my legs. Scrub. Have you got one of those poofy things? How oh, dare you? <laughs> He's called my boyfriend. I don't even have one of those. Um, no, I don't wash my feet, but I do wash my legs. But I feel like... If you're washing your legs, why don't you just do your feet? You've gone down there. I'm the judge in this case, and I've tried it. Please move on. Is it rude to... <laughs> Wear exactly the same clothes to work two days in a row if they don't smell bad. That's absolutely fine. But people will see it and think, is there not like this thing where it's like, is it a bit rude to just be wearing the same clothes all the time? No. We're in a cost of living crisis, David. If you can't wash your clothes every single day, that's fine. Even the same T-shirt. If they're literally wearing everything the they only wore the day th- I've before. I've done that before. The only thing I need, you need to change is your underwear. No, that's the last thing you need to change. The T-shirt's more important than the last? underwear. Last? I wear pants for at least three days in a row. Yeah, but you're not the norm. Let's move on But quickly. they're we're, covered in trousers. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, I was going to summarise the X, but we've spoken for far too long. So I'm not going to summarise them. We'll do a summary. You can do a summary next week with our special guest host. Yes. Because I'm actually going to be in Gay Paris. I know you are. Uh, which is going to be very exciting. I was on a school trip. You're going to Gay Paris. But I'm also incredibly jealous of the guest host. Like I'm actually a little bit fuming that you're getting mm. to do it with them. Not in that, not like that. Uh, but you can summarise the icks to them next week and just see what their thoughts are on the current um, contenders. But this week's one, uh, we've got one from James off of Bake Off last year. If you remember him. Yes. Relevant now. Raccoon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, James has said people that go on about air fryers or are called Michael or David. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Thanks for listening. Um, next up is from Gracie, holding a knife like a pen. Oh yes, I yes. don't like that at all. Doesn't happen very often actually, but when that happens, that's an ick. It's an immediate ick. Um, when you get the shopping trolley with the wonky wheel. Yes, I don't think it's the best one, but it is. I, it's... I don't like it. It's not as humorous, but it's definitely an ick. It's an inconvenience, it's not an ick. Oh, yeah. We need to clarify the difference between inconvenience and ick. I don't think I know the difference. Well, ick is something that makes you think like, that is dis- I- I'm disgusted by that. Oh, and yes. an inconvenience is just like, how annoying. I'll probably text David about that and he'll probably not reply. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, next up, this is one I've seen before, when he uses Apple Pay on his watch. <laughs> that is mortifying. Do you not? You've got a watch, an Apple watch. Yes, but I don't use Apple Pay on it because I'm not a psychopath. What, because you carry your phone and you take your phone out with you, but it's on your wrist. Why don't you use it? Because it's not on the inside of my wrist. I have to turn my wrist upside down and graze it on, like rub it on the thing, hoping it's going to catch. <laughs> graze it. <laughs> it's awful. It's even worse than the user on the underground. They kind of use their wrist to tap out. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mortified for them. I'm going to watch. I think Nick does that. Well, leave him. I know I know you're going through surrogacy. <laughs> Maybe we can sort that out between us so we can co-parent or something. But Nick, you should be ashamed of yourself. People wearing flip-flops, not at the beach. Oh, I do that. Yeah, and you shouldn't. <laughs> and with it's socks. actually from me that one uh, no it's not it's from Nimothy Noakes uh, the final one is my winner and this is from Elizabeth when a baseball player swings really hard and misses <laughs> not even worse when it's not a baseball player but it's just someone in the park playing There's, rounders I think it's the fact they've tried so hard and it's like you can see like it's you've put a lot of effort in and we've tried so hard <laughs> yeah that's the winner for me this week that's definitely the winner that's week six done. Just a few more to go. We should point out this podcast doesn't actually stop when the season is over. Yes, Michael and I have stamina. Too much information, David. But he isn't wrong. Episodes will keep dropping every Friday and they won't stop. Do you think producer Alex knows this is a till death do us part arrangement? This is getting a bit morbid. Dear listeners, I'm going to change the topic. We would like to hear from you. I especially want you to join me in asking Michael, is it rude? Send in all your questions and the things that you do in your life that you're worried that Michael might judge you for. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's plenty of those. Also, message us about anything else. You can DM us on our socials at Sticky Bun Boys or an email to stickybunboys at gmail.com. This episode has gone on long enough. See you all next week when Michael is in Paris and I have a surprise guest. Paris is a bit of a nick, isn't it? You're saying that like French accent. Anyway, I do hope they're very sticky. I think they might be. Paris, Paris, Paris. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.